This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studio in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit shoptalkpodcaststudio.com. Over Westside, everybody know everybody, right? I got nothing but love in my heart for Westside niggas. Nothing but love. Pink suits with hats to match. Big crocodiles and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks. This is where it's at. Windows tinted. Seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner. Cause niggas know that it's money on Yo, what up though? It's your man Jay Johnson, aka the Tin for your hat Titan, aka the conspiracy realist. A.K.A. the technology snob, Steve Jobs Jr. Don't text me with your green bubbles. A.K.A. I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach. Also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, J.U. Ice. Young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me. Mister, if you don't like me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me. A.K.A. the West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am... The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? And it's your man, Dane. Three underscores, 313. The West Side Landlord, the Pride of PA. High Chief Dame, don't fuck around. The liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite Dame. And the David Ruffin and the Shop Talk Podcast, because you know who they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for Dame. And if you're speaking on Dame, you better say it nice. And if you don't put the boss in front, then bitch, you're not saying it right. Let's go. Yo, welcome back. Shop Talk Podcast, episode 306. On you, hoes. Yeah. Um, Hey, man. I feel like. It was room two oh six or three oh six. I can't remember, but that was the detention room in uh in high school. Okay. How much time did you spend there? Uh, you know, I was a relatively good kid. Uh but I mean I've been there a couple of times. I had so much detention that I owed in twelfth grade that I was leaving school every day at six o'clock for like the last half of my the last half of twelfth grade. I think detention kinda stupid. Especially some shit like that. Because like I had a one to eight. Because I fucked up. So my my schedule is ending at four o'clock every day. Like keeping me at school longer because I like I don't I don't think that Because I wasn't I good owed, in school. I, I I owe time. Like I don't think this punishment works like that. So I was leaving yeah, I was leaving school about five, five thirty every day. Well, it's not that I don't I don't like punishment for the sake of punishment. Cause like when it's clear that this not not doing nothing. All right, let's just stop this. I mean, I did shit to earn it. I'm not saying like I did. I'm not saying I was innocent in any stretch, but I did shit to earn. No, what I'm saying is giving you detention didn't stop you from doing whatever you're doing. Oh, no, I was I was still hella insubordinate up until my last days. So if whatever my punishment is isn't working, now you're just doing it for the sake of doing it because you, quote unquote, have to do something about it. And that's just ineffective. Like You got to find another way. Not just I'm going to give you the same punishment ever, ever, over and over. Like I. It ain't working, but I. I mean, in 12th grade, I wanted my time, but, you know, whatever. You didn't want it that much. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I wanted it up until the point they caught up, they caught up to me and it was like, I couldn't grab, I couldn't walk if I didn't do all the detention that I had left. And it's like, you gonna catch me while I'm, I'm about to be an adult now. Like, what is this about to do? I mean, that's, that's just, like, I didn't care about walking, but like, my mama could not see me not walk across the stage. Like, that just wasn't, that was You wasn't. think that, that it really kept you from graduating? You think about it in the grand scheme of things, like, how important is this? 
I don't know. You know, that's that's the shit. No, I take that back because, like, my homeboy got in, we, me and my nigga got into some trouble, like, the week before graduation. And they came to him. He was, they was like, either prom or graduation. You can't do both. I don't I get it. I guess. You know what I'm saying? But, like, what? So he came to prom and they turned him away because, like, you chose graduation, my nigga. You can't come in. I guess. I guess, you know, well, you know, I'm kind of a, you know, anti everything. So I don't know, man. I mean, I, I made, look, I, I was just trying to get through, man. I, I almost didn't graduate. So, I mean, I was, yeah, I didn't need nothing else to fuck it up. Anyway, man, how, how was your week, my brother? Dog, I, I, I got a good story time with Dane. We've been doing this podcast for quite some time now. And from the inception of the podcast was right around the time I lost my license. Dog, I am $150 and a road test away from being back legal on the motherfucking streets, dog. It has taken me almost six years, well up to about 10 grand, and it's $150 in a road test, and I will be back legal on the streets. I, I, when she, so I had to go get my plate like squared away. When I went to the Secretary of State, she pulled up. The, I got a letter back in October, first of all, that said I'd get my license back. But, like, as a skeptical nigga, I just don't believe shit. I was like, they they, they fucking with me. So I went. I had to go to the Secretary of State because my, my plate had uh, had expired. I had to get a new plate, change the registration and shit on the vehicle. And I just asked the girl. I was like, I came in with the letter. She pulled up my information. She's like, you got to take the written test. You got to take a road test. And pay. Can you pass a road test? And I don't mean that as if you can't drive, but like we've been I'm not so re- far removed from driving the standard way, so to speak. Yeah, I'm a little I'm a little worried because the first time I took my road test, like back in the day, I didn't pass the parallel parking part. And it's not really like you got to take your car. Yeah, <laughs> you, you ain't parallel parking in that truck. <laughs> and parallel parking ain't really like my strong suit, so I gotta find somebody. Number one is gonna let me drive their much smaller car, and then is that even a thing? When I'm like, my car got a camera. Like I can pair. I mean, I can parallel park in general, but my car got a camera. What if you're the Tesla? The <laughs> boy park for you. It's like. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm 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 gearing myself up, dog. I'm I'm ready. Man, congratulations. I man. said when I was 40 I wasn't doing like no more nigga shit. Like I wasn't going to be living by hook or by crook no more. Like I didn't did 40 years of it. I just want to be a regular civilian, tax paying, you know, regular 9 to 5 person. Yeah. And and I'm like I can see I can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. I can touch I'm looking at the finish line. I can't touch it yet. But like I'm in I'm in that last stride. Yeah, that's what's up. I'm in that last stride. So I'm ready, dog. I'm ready. Man, I hope you can drive in peace again. Cause it's gotta be a level of anxiety when you drive to work every day knowing that your L's is bold. It's always stress because I know that anytime I get pulled if I get pulled over at any time, I can go to jail. And I don't like I ain't been to jail now in like four years and I never want to go back. My last time in jail was so dehumanizing. I said, like, dog, I'm never going to go through this again. I don't know what I'm going to have to do, but I'm never going through this type of experience again. Yeah. Well, congratulations. My yeah, brother. man. I feel it was a weight lifted up. Like I, I, I legit shed a tear 
sitting in the Secretary of State parking lot because I'm like, it's almost over. It's mm-hmm. almost over. I've been praying about it all week because it literally gave me anxiety up until Wednesday. Like I was not sleeping good. You know, I had the bubble guts all week. Like I literally had anxiety all the way through there. And I knew something was going to go right because I walked into the Secretary of State and just off happenstance, I saw my daughter and her mother there. Mm. And my baby girl was just like chilling, you know, playing in her phone. And like I, I sat next to her and it surprised her because she, you know, not, I wasn't expecting to see her. She wasn't expecting to see me. But I felt like that was my sign. Like it's going like your baby is here. Like it's got to go well. Cue the ice cube music. Today <laughs> was a good day. It was, man. $150 in a road test and I'm back out here. Now, um, I got a problem with the state of Michigan. What's that? I think we got away from these, but these driver responsibility fees that kept somebody, so many people. That's what was killing me. Not able to, to, to get out from under all this debt. Like, okay. Um, I did something bad. I got a ticket. I paid my fine. And now you're going to charge me every year for the next four years for the same thing I did four years ago. Yeah. And in a city where. Where people were misappropriating funds and taking my money and doing whatever the fuck they wanted to yeah. with it. And then you know what the, the median income is in the city? Like what like what are y'all doing? Driver's responsibility fees was you I know think it they was, was keeping me down. It it and that's why they got rid of systematically. It is. If you want to go that route. That but, was Grand Holmes like claim to fame. And that shit was that shit was keeping me because depending on the offense, some of them lasted two years, some of them lasted four years, and they were compounded. Yeah. So like, well, that was for the entire state, so it may not be necessarily racist, but no, it is. That's that's killing black folks, man. You this it's killing niggas for me to have to pay two fifty for the fine court what the, costs. And what the issue is, and a lot of them times you're getting tickets for not having car insurance, but because. You live in the city of Detroit. Your car insurance is either as much as your vehicle or even more. So every time I get a ticket, I'm going to have to pay money like in perpetuity. Like it's forever. Yeah. Um, There was no way out under that shit. Yeah. Uh, But I'm almost out though. I need them to refund some people some money like they allegedly doing with this $400 check for. uh, I see it once I get the check. Checks in the mail. That's what they're telling you. Checks in the mail. Anyway, uh, we got a a special guest uh, this week. Long time coming. Yeah, absolutely. Long time coming. Uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself. I know he heard our intros. Maybe he he was writing some intros himself when he was over there. I don't know. But we'll let him him do an introduction. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) No, I, I don't have an intro, guys. But uh, glad to be on the show, Colin Mays. Thank you. Glad to have you. Glad to have you. How's your, how was your week, my brother? It was good, man. Just um, you know, working hard or hardly working depends on the week. But this week was definitely working hard. So okay. uh, glad to be on the podcast. It's been a while coming. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. Um, he reached out a while ago, and I'm horrible with responding to social media. I got like because we got another DM in there that's been in there since December. Somebody asking to come on the show. I'll show it to you later. Nah, see, I'm horrible, right? <laughs> I got like seven pages though. It's 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 too much, and I got three phones now. By the way, got this work phone. I got this phone. I got the studio. Is the work phone an iPhone? All of them are iPhone. Are you on call with your new job? Uh, no, I don't. Not really. So, what you need know. a work phone for? I got a work phone and a work iPad and a work laptop. So you can work from home. Like I feel like all that technology is just for them to tether you even more. 
Yeah. Well, you could be, could not be. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It's been working out though. All right. Uh, yeah. I like that that the little work shirt you got on. Is that what are those birds? It's a dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dog. Looks like birds from this a, from a, this perspective. Yeah, in any event, um, it's been a long time coming. Definitely glad you uh we got you in here, my brother. Uh, gonna talk about some politics. Politics, some health, a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah, yeah, we got, well-rounded. Yeah, we got some stuff to talk about for sure. Okay, I'm with it. I'm with it. And I'm all about promoting, you know, black positivity, especially uh, black men positivity. Okay, I can I can get with that. So, Jay, we got some, uh, did anything happen this week? Because I, well, first of all, man, a piece of my childhood died this week. And it's it's been bothering me. Shout out to, you know, big blessings to... Last call, Scott Hall, one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. One of the reasons I bought this belt, you know what I'm saying? I think the intercontinental championship. That was the working is, man's title. It's one of the best belts that you can possibly get. And uh, Razor Ramon, uh, Mr. Perfect, Sean Michaels, Bret Hart, um, who else? Ultimate was, Warrior. Like, Ultimate Warrior. Like, them was like uh, the British Bulldog. When you won the IC title, that was kind of like putting a rub. Like you could, you were possibly going to be the next heavyweight champion. Yeah, it's just I just love this belt, man. This, so I had to buy one. But Scott Hall, he did the belt good, man. Sixty three years, I definitely got that age wrong because I, I thought that man was in his fifties. No, man, I'm not that old. You are though. You you you're about to be forty in like a couple weeks now. This is true. How do you feel? Um, I feel great. Are we doing anything for forty for you? I thought I was going to be able to go to New Orleans. That was my plan. Okay. But um, I don't got no time (laughs) at this new job until I get 90 days. So that's out. No party? No dinner? I don't know. Okay. I literally have no idea. I feel like we should do something. Cheyenne had a birthday and we couldn't shout out to Motor City Oprah. She normally has a celebration, but she let us down. Well, I'm not going to say she let us down. She just in a better space. She didn't want to celebrate like that this year. And we appreciate it. I'm just we just happy to see another year of life for all our friends and family. That's a fact. Uh, I don't know, man. This week was kind of slow. I ain't really been keeping up with nothing. Uh, I told you a couple of weeks ago why well, I asked a question a couple of weeks ago. And this week did not help me get the answer to this question. Is there a war going on between Russia and the Ukraine? Like a little. I feel like there is some type of unrest, <laughs> but I think like some of that shit might be a little sound stage ish. I just don't know. Well, it's not even I don't know, but a lot of the stuff that's been passed around social media, I'll use that as it. It's just not real. Like it's not videos of the Ukraine. Like they got they took some stuff from like video games, and I say they not like. I saw a video with Klitschko. He was like down on the ground somewhere near a bombing, allegedly. And you saw a video with the president of Ukraine in, you know, military gear. But that was like from last April. But they floating that picture around like, yo, I'm right here fighting. He didn't say he was out there fighting, but the picture is floating around there that gives you an impression like, yo, this is what happened. They had somebody in. They had like pictures and videos from Kosovo from years ago. I don't. I just don't know. I'm a little. I'm a little on the fence about how much fighting is going on. Do I think that like that's the scary part? Because it could be really, really bad, and we're we not seeing it, 
or it can be nothing and it look who knows I've never seen like what war looks like firsthand so I mean and I'm just a nigga I'm skeptical about they anything said, just in general remember they said the revolution will be televised the revolution is probably gonna be photoshops oh. we just don't know what we when filters we're <laughs> we gonna get filters on it <laughs> i mean they literally took a there was a, a and i when i keep i don't want to keep saying they but there was the media or the spin they putting on it and it's like i haven't seen of we are inundated with with Posts that we see on social media that get shared by right. people that we like or we trust, and then we just take it as like, oh wow, this is crazy, and like, yo, this is not real. This was from a movie. Remember, I posted a video. Um, Everybody uh, in them body bags. Yeah, and my man was on the ground moving. Yeah, the body bags start moving, and they went and like adjusted the body bag, and like, all right, chill out. Like the camera's on. Like, yeah, but we're, then somebody was like, we're then live. somebody said like, oh, actually, that was. Those weren't real body bags. That was like a protest in Russia, and that was their protest, acting like there were body bags on there. But then somebody else in the comments. But I mean, the, the, the people like, were speaking Russian, so we have no idea what they were really saying. Like everybody feet. First off, I shouldn't see everybody feet in the body bag. <laughs> like their feet were sticking out. Like ah. Uh, I mean, I maybe if you're in a rush, you don't close them all just yet. I don't. I don't know what proper body bag procedure is. I would like to know. What's going on over there? I guess, but I know it's not probably funny. But every time I see a body bag, I think of like battle rap, man. Body bag, <laughs> yo, <laughs> body bag. Put your body in yeah, a body, body bag. bag. Rest in peace to Tech Nine. I don't know. Oh man, no, you can't rest in peace to Tech Nine. No, it has something to do with kids, man. That's too. That's that's too. It's too close. Too close. In any event, uh, if y'all don't know what we talk about, I don't just know. just let it go. Just watch, just it go. <laughs> just, just watch Smack a URL or something like that. Um, in any event, so listen, man. Uh, a couple uh, when you initially reached out before, um, you mentioned that you were putting together like a um, Alzheimer's uh, uh, walk. Um, can you give us a, give us a little bit more information about that? Sure. Um, yeah. So last year I served as the chair for uh, Detroit's Walk to End Alzheimer's. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that was it was really personal for me. I had two grandparents that suffered from Alzheimer's. Mm. Um, you know, we as uh, we as Black Americans, we are more likely to develop Alzheimer's in the course of our life than any other race. And that's a statistic, a sad statistic that a lot of people don't know. So um, it was personal for me, and uh, we had a, a really good, successful fundraising effort. We had a lot of team members involved. And um, it was at the Detroit Zoo back in October. Okay. So um, they asked me to do it again this year, but I was I just couldn't do it again two years in a row. But um, it was a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. But it was it was rewarding work, and it was something that I would do again. I'm still involved in the association, just not serving in the chair capacity. Okay. Well, why do why do we um, have a higher propensity to come down with that than any other race? You know, I, I think a lot of it is. Um, uh, just, you know, health, health issues that we might have. Um, we don't typically have access to good quality food, same good quality food as other races might have. Um, you know, we got to do as much as we can, just kind of continue to stimulate our mind. Um, you know, I say little things like playing chess or, you know, trying to remember what you did even, you know, a couple weeks ago. You know, I mean, it, little things like that can really help. Um, you know, putting, well, make sure that we're drinking enough water. Um, you know, I try to drink a gallon a day just to, you know, it's interesting that you say that, um, 
Dick Gregory, right? He, years ago, this is an old clip he had floating around, and he basically said, Alzheimer's come from not drinking water. And, you know, Dick Gregory always says stuff that sounds like he know what he's talking about. And, and I'm not trying to say it as a slight because he usually does know what he's talking about. And he was like, <laughs> he wasn't joking. He was like, actually, uh, someone with Alzheimer's last time they were thirsty. I'm like, well, technically, asking them a question about whatever. When the last. Yeah. 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 But he went in, he went on and, I mean, he, he spoke about five or six minutes about how, you know, how the body is made up of water and how important it is or whatnot. Um, and how important drinking water is. Um, and so when you mentioned that you should probably drink water, I'm like, oh, he probably, that probably was coming from somewhere. Well, I mean, it's true. I mean, our body is, you know, over 70% of water. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, you know, I went through a physical transformation myself. I dropped 200 pounds mm. in four years. And a big way that I was that's able to lot. do that. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole person. For sure. It's, it's, it's a people. whole person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, the, the way I was able to do it was just, you know, of course, discipline, uh, watching what I was eating, you know, when I was eating, um, you know, your body is a lot, it's a lot like taking a test, right? Like I can't absorb everything within, you know, five hours and then be able to, to process it. It needs time to fast. Yeah. So I try to give my body a uh, 13 to 14 hour window. So like if I have something that, 5 p.m. I'm not going to eat again until 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. the next morning because my body needs to process, okay, what did I put into it? Okay. Um, and, you know, I don't drink alcohol, just me personally. Yeah. I'm not telling people you can't drink alcohol, but I personally don't. I just drink water. Um, and I make sure that I put enough water in my body so that I can fuel my body. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of the diseases that we have um, are because we don't have a strong enough immune system. Right. Um, you know, I exercise every day. So I'm on that elliptical for like 35, 40 minutes every morning, just knocking it out. Well, that elliptical um, is something different, man. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's that's, a that full, that's that full body. That's that, that's that full, full body, body workout. Like, that's that full uh, body. I guess 10 years ago when I, uh, I tore my Achilles, you know, prior to, you know, we hitting the gym, working out every day. Matter of fact, the day I tore my Achilles, I ran outside for like three miles. And then that night we had a pickup game. We was playing, um, at some gym in, in Southfield. And like, I just think I did way too much that day. Right. But I'm so used to running, but I had this boot on my leg. So once I got off the boot, you know, your muscles got astrophy. Um, so my right calf is bigger than my left calf. My left calf is true. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not there, but I, you, I couldn't run on a treadmill quite yet. So I jumped on that elliptical because your foot is pretty much stationary, man. That's like one of the best workouts I didn't ever have. Dog. I mean, but I, I know what you tell. I went through that same thing. I was on a boot for like almost a boot and a cast literally for almost a year's time. And like, it's more than just the workout. Like your, your balance isn't there. Your equilibrium is yeah. off because this one has been, one leg has been so dependent on a false level of support. Like walking again was like a challenge for me. Yeah. Um, you know, we did that weight loss joint at the gig a couple of years ago. I collected the money from everybody and I didn't want to give it back. So I just had to win. <laughs> so I would hit that, uh, elliptical, uh, before six o'clock in the morning, before I went to work, uh, after work, damn near three times a day, I was just on that elliptical. I dropped like, dropped like 22 pounds. Like I was literally in the best shape of my life. Comcast made on, us fat on water, uh, Brown rice and veggies and grilled chicken, and that was it. Every day, same thing, same thing every day. That farming grill was changing your life. 
Yeah. I think it's really um, when you control what you put in your body, your body knows what's going to come into it every day. Pause. And then it gets a, you got enough energy to burn that and it, it goes where it needs to go. Um, when you were speaking about Dick Gregory, I remember a clip saying him that like stay away from anything white in your diet, sugar, mm-hmm. flour, salt, white rice, like all of those things are completely terrible for your body and for the human diet and milk. Like you shouldn't be consuming white things inside of your body. Yeah. I read the book, um, how to eat to live by Elijah Muhammad. And he broke down foods that we should eat and we shouldn't eat. Not because of like a religious um, reason, but like certain things that, that are edible that the human body just are in the stomach is not available or not made to break down. And he talked about the fasting portion of when, when they eat. He also said they only eat one meal a day and you'll live. I can't do that now. <laughs> I tried. That's a lot. That's a lot. I tried for a while. You know what I'm saying? I got to get back there, their place mentally, but it was a certain time of day that they eat. Um, and, I mean, but fasting is more about just like diet control. Like that's also like any they it it goes into great detail, like in the Bible, like it's it's a religious experience to fast yeah. because you are usually fasting in conjunction with, you know, some type of prayer and a goal attached to that prayer is the reason behind that fasting. And maybe that may I did, I've never read eat to live but i i would have to say the book probably has some type of religious undertones to it and and fasting has to be attached to it in some sort of way well i know people do fast for different religious reasons but when you think about the word breakfast is when you eat and you break your fast from the night before um and it basically saying like the food that we eat um the digestive process never completes because we eat and start that process over again. Like your body never finished digesting and putting the nutrients where it's supposed to be because you ate again and you started that process all over. Uh, so, so like, so not, so even if it's like, just drink water while you doing that fast, not, I think he said like, not even tea or like Kool-Aid or juice because that can still start that process. And he also was like, your stomach or your body is only going to digest food so many times, period. Yeah. And the more that you eat, the <laughs> he said if you he said if your doctor tells you um, to eat five and six times a day or more than one meal a day, tell your doctor that you're going to live longer than him. And I was like, hmm, interesting. Well, and I think the thing too, it, it, the portions matter. You yeah. know, I mean, you can eat. Like, you know, one huge meal, right? Or you can have, you know, moderate, three solid, like smaller meals, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it, it all matters. But I think we're just so, in America, we're just so obsessed with food. Yes. What's the first thing you do when somebody comes into town? What do they want to do? Let's take them somewhere to eat. For some need. You, you, you're bored. What do you want to do? Let's order a pizza. You know, yeah. let, let's just, let's catch up. Let's just go have food, you know? So it just becomes. Go to, the bar, ha- go to the bar, have some wings. Have some wings, man. You know, so it just becomes uh, uh, like an obsession for us, you know. And and for us as blacks, um, you know, we're taught to just eat, 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 you know, clean your plate. So Yeah. Um, I mean, shit, when you want to go on a date with a woman, like, that's typically, like, the first... Well, where she, you want to go to dinner? To eat. It's her. She wants to eat. Yeah, because they always they always hungry. Yeah. They're always hungry. That's so crazy, man. <laughs> we literally had this conversation at work today um, about eating is so 
cultural and emotional um, and habitual because, you know, it's eight o'clock in the morning. This is when you wake up, you know, you supposed to you just go grab whatever you normally get. Um, and like one of the reasons that you can kind of pick out this is like you ever get busy at work and forget to eat. Yeah. You're not hungry when you're not thinking about it. You know what I mean? And like our our health issues that we be having, I be like, I don't know if this is runs in my family or our culture is what runs in my family. If grandma um, says you can't get up from the table until you finish eating and there's a lot of food on the plate, then you can eat all that food, right? Yeah. Now, what if you don't have the highest metabolism and you eat all that food? And then when you grow up, I watched grandma cook. She gave me the recipes. So I'm going to make the exact same food that grandma made the exact same way. And that's how I'm going to feed and treat my kids. And then now I don't like, I don't know if it's in my blood that you're going to have high cholesterol or did the habits that you picked up from you just years passed and down. years and yeah. years of culture has an impact on you. So it's like, yeah. And then we ostracize each other so much for our food choices. Tell me about it. <laughs> oh, you vegan? Oh, you a pescatarian? Like it's so it's people like say it in snicker like Oh, so all you eat is fish. Like or, or or maybe all I'm eating is trying to trying to live. Or when I say I don't like fish. I don't like seafood. Oh you, my you're God. poor. You're, you're poor. You're get your palate. Like, nigga, I don't like fish. Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? I'm saying, if it don't taste good, it don't taste good. Like, I feel you. Well, people, well, people snicker so much at your food choices. I mean, for me, you know, I'm not saying, well, I went through some health concerns myself and I lost a lot. Of, I, I didn't lose quite 200, but I lost probably closer to like 80 pounds uh, going through my health concerns. And, when it happened, you know, and after I lost the weight, I just knew what bad habits kind of put me in that position. Now, I'm not saying I probably still don't eat those foods, but like, you know, there was a point in my life where I was eating at Capers, you know, every other week, you know, if not more than that a month. And, you know, eating a 22 ounce steak, loaded baked potato and you know, they got a drink at Capers called a Shady Lady, which is full of liquor. I mean, eating that in my late 20s and thinking, like, I'm going to be a Superman and I can live like this forever. I mean, I was probably, like, tailoring back years all my life, even at that point. And I know though those poor diet decisions led to, you know, putting me in a position that I that I ended up eventually getting into. Yeah, so. man, them, them loaded baked potatoes, though, that, you know, man. they'll do it for you, man. Yeah, good, it will. Bro. I stopped eating pork 10 years ago. Well, 2010, so 12 years ago. Oh, I still love bacon. I still love the taste of pepperoni and ham. I haven't had it in such a long time. It'll make you sick now. Sometimes I'll be willing to find out. <laughs> but no, uh, that's interesting. So uh, losing 200 pounds, um, how long ago was that? Uh, let's see, I started that in 2016, and I dropped it by, like, 2018. So, mm -hmm. like, two okay. years to do it. Yeah. Okay. So, how how was that process for you, like, physically as well as, like, mentally and emotionally? Because I know that's um, probably three different things. Probably top two hardest things I've ever done in my life, for sure. Um, what prompted it? Did you just wake up one day and was like, I, I can't do it no more? Or was it like... Everybody has that tipping point. What, what was yours? You know, it's so funny. People always ask me that. I don't really know if I had a specific, like, um, you know, defining moment where it's like, let me just, but I've, 
I've figured that if I actually put my mind to it, because you know I, I'm the type of person if I put my mind to it, it's done. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And I hadn't really tried it before, so I said, okay, I'm just going to devote myself to losing 20 pounds. Right? And it's like the first 20 went off like that, and I was like, well, you know, damn. Okay, let me devote myself to losing another 20. And the next 20 went off. Um, but the more I lost, the harder it got. So I had to elevate myself to different levels. So that's when I started introducing fasting. That's when I completely eliminated the soda drinks. Um, that's when I, you know, had like, I have one cheat meal a week, you know, so I'll still do this. So, um, it could be anything. It could be like, you know, Chinese food, pizza. I'll just have it on either like a Saturday or a Sunday, just one day out the week and everything else. I'm meal prepping the entire week. Um, you know, but of course, incorporating the physical component can't be afraid to do the physical because the physical is what's going to keep you in the groove. And, you know, I've lost motivation since 2019. I'm just disciplined now. So um, I'm just disciplined to wake up and just do it. So okay. So had you spent your life as like a, a yeah, a yeah, because I've I been was big boy. Here. Yeah, I've been <laughs> fat my whole life essentially. Yeah. Like after high school, like I remember the first time like I stepped on the scale and I was like two hundred, but I was like, oh, it's 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 man weight. Yeah. But I never forget there used to be a rap group, Marv One, and the, I don't want to say and the Fat Killers, but Marv One was a member of the Fat Killers. They come out with a a mixtape called Rider Diet, and I remember. The flyer on the show said if you were heavier than 250, you got in free. And there was a scale at the door. Oh. And I remember stepping on that scale. And I was like, wow, I'm 260 pounds. Like, and in my mind, 250 was like fat. Like that's that's where you start crossing over to the other side. And I, and I remember just thinking to myself, like, dog, you really fat. Like 250 is a lot of weight. Well, let's not forget to, you know, your height plays a factor too so if, absolutely if you're somebody that's over like six five you could carry 250 yeah you know um but if you're shorter than that then you know two fifty six one two fifty like that, that's a problem closer yeah. to the ground yeah that's a problem yeah. yeah so like how did you feel like as a like inside right so did you did th people start treating you differently or like um, you know, I, I think I probably got some more respect from it. Um, but I didn't do it for them. Yeah. I did it for me. You know, I don't live my life based on what somebody else thinks or perceives me. I'm just doing who I am. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think that it taught me a lot about myself. Um, and it taught me a lot about how to go through something very challenging, very difficult, how to suffer and come out stronger from persevere. It. Yeah. 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 I remember the like I just remember when I lost all of the weight the first thing I did was go shopping because I said I'm not restricted to the big and tall section anymore in life I can wear regular off the rack clothes and I don't have to go to destination XL another day yeah I used to go there too so yeah, yeah. I get it <laughs> destination get it. XL huh yeah they got I mean a big dude can't get fresh like it's it's, it's there the stores are there you just got to go in there and don't be costs, afraid. It costs more money, but absolutely. Yeah, gotta, gotta Your normal polo hoodie is definitely gonna cost you 170. I gotta lose about. I think I want to lose 30 pounds. I'm 220. I want to go back down to about 190. Okay. Um, what's, what's your height though? Uh, I'm six feet even. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, when I tell people I'm 220, they don't be like, "No, you're not." I'm like, "Yeah." I weigh myself in the morning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, when I was like 190, like I felt like the best I felt. You know what I mean? Do you work out at all now? Currently, what, what how I, my workout is when you walking the dog every day. 
Okay. Uh, but because I literally, after I work a job, I come to the studio. I don't have the free time to hit the gym as I used to. You right. Know what I'm I got saying? you. So, uh, so what that means is I have to be more disciplined with the food that I take and do other things like inside the crib. I'm about to go buy one of the, uh, the box of joints put in the garage. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Cause that's a full body workout. Just hitting the fucking bag. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But, uh, I thought you was going to say like a Peloton or something. No, nah, I'm not. I don't need to spend $4,000 for some shit I'm never going to do. Uh, you put that fucking bag in the, in the garage. I'm going to hit that goddamn bag. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because I love boxing and I'm going to hit the game. I'm going to hit the bag. But, you know, I'm like, you know what? Uh, so this was the, tw- this, today is the 18th, March 18th. Roughly, I got 28 days before my birthday. I'm going to try to drop 15 pounds uh, in the next month. Okay. You can do that. 15 yeah. pounds is, is feasible. You can yeah, do that. For sure. Uh, and since I said it publicly, y'all can Now you're committed to it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Macho um, do the water check-in every day. For sure. Making sure everybody getting their proper amount of H2O. Yeah. And I like that it's getting a little bit warmer now. A little bit warmer. Uh, Man, we hit 70 yesterday. Yeah, so I can, you know, when it be cold as fuck outside, uh, we're not walking three miles, Umar. <laughs> like, I'm not walking a dog for three miles uh, when it's super duper cold outside. Yeah. I'll walk around the block a couple of times and that's about it. But when it get a little bit, when it's warm outside, I'm out, he waking me up at 545, 6 o'clock in the morning. We can go out, get a, get a, get two miles in before I get ready for work and everything like that. Uh, it's the meal prep. It's the meal prep. It's um, the meal prep. Because my I don't have a lot of time. My time is very limited. You know what I'm saying? So if I don't prep, then it's like, fuck, let me pull up at rallies. Let me pull up at, yeah. and you start eating the poison and shit. And now you. I, I'll tell you what. I, I hate lunch meetings. I will never take a lunch meeting. Anybody invites me to lunch, I'm not going. Mm. I'm eat my own lunch. So you invite me to lunch, I'll bring my own lunch. So don't be offended. You know, I, I tell people that. Um, so don't ask me to go anywhere between 12 to 1. Uh, I'll go with you. I'm not going to eat there. And that's, I think, the toughest part because, again, that's like discipline. we said, yeah, you know, like we like we said earlier, you know, it's all about food now. That's, I mean, anytime you want to do anything, it has to be related to food, you know. And I and I I have like a similar policy like that. Not that I'm I don't because to me it's bigger than just the meal. Also, like I feel like I need that break in the middle of the day to completely separate from work because mm-hmm. you know i'm i'm still fortunate enough with my job I'm, I'm working from home so i mean there's nothing for me to that's lucky brother that's yeah it, it, it is but it's nothing for me to like make a sandwich or grab some salad or like this week i had like i just made myself some salmon during my lunch break but like i need even if i do not eat i just need that separation in the middle of the day because a, a huge thing that I see a lot of people preach and I just think is just nonsense. It's like that need to that continuous need to go nonstop or you shouldn't sleep more than no. Like you need your rest. Your body needs to recharge. And if you do not give your body that recharge, it'll tell you when it's time to to shut down. Hell yeah. When I drove, when I drove home from work today, before I came to the studio, I was damn near falling asleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm like, you know what? So when I got home, I just took a nap right quick. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I like, look, your body going to tell you when, to, when it's time to go to sleep. And you'd rather you not be behind the wheel of a car. <laughs> you know Absolutely. When it's time. Um, yeah, man. So off days is important. Uh, scheduling some time for yourself is important. Uh, 
because uh, your I mean, at this point, uh, this is this the only body that we got, and we gotta take care of it because we every day we get older, and you know, metabolism slow down, health, food get worse and worse. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, when you were talking about you know watching what we eat and everything, uh, if we're keeping it a hundred, our food is poisoning us. The yeah, food that we got is yeah. is literally the the reason. This is just me speaking. The reason that we got all these different diseases and foods is, I mean, all these diseases and health concerns is because of the food. The food we have access to. You go out to Novi. You go out to Northville. You go out to Shelby Township. Mm-hmm. They don't have all that. Yeah, they have real. You ain't gonna see no checkers out in Shelby Township. You have you have real food. You have access to real food. We have access to liquor. Yeah, we have access to rallies. We have access to that. We don't process food, right? And we're taught we're taught that. I mean, you know, I went to uh, Mike's Market on Seven in Livernois, um, uh, maybe like a couple weeks ago. And as soon as you walk in, you see the the chips and the the cookies and whatnot. You know, you got to go down a little bit to get to the produce section you know and, and nobody's in the produce section because that's not you know that's not the sexy thing to go get yeah um but we gotta get better about what we're putting in our bodies you know i'm i'm not dropping at 50 from a heart attack you know i gotta at least at least live to 80 so i can leave my kids some some cash you I'm know i, I can't 101 you know well yeah i mean because look here's the thing we work our entire life you know i'm not I'm not dying before I can enjoy some of my money, man, you know, so. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest thing for me. You asked me what triggered it. It was more so a financial reason because um, if I can stay in the game long enough, I'm going to make over a million dollars. I can make $10, 15000000 million if I can keep my yeah. health together, yeah. if I can keep my body in shape. I can live. It doesn't matter what I'm making today. I can make it, you know. Three times that in another ten years, and that's a and that's a double edged sword. Not not just looking at you know the today is is it's the long term. Like what what can I you know I, I'm a father of five myself, and you know as much as I think like retiring at sixty five for me is not the plan when it comes to like working for somebody else. You know my my dad really always preached to like look man. You know, once you stop moving, when you stop working, like that's that's when you when you break down. Now, do I want to work five days a week in my in my fifties and my sixties? Nah, I come in the office three times, do some consulting. Y'all catch me on the golf course or you know something else. But as long as I have the ability to get up and work, and making money isn't cumbersome or taxing to my body, like I probably do some some capacity of work. Until the Lord, you know, call me home. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. I, I, I mean, that. most of us have to. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be 60 and a greeter at Walmart because I got to pay rent or I got to pay. Like, that's the only way I'm going to pay my mortgage. Now I'm hoping that we, we live in a society right now where that's the reality. For, yeah. That's for, a lot of people for the large majority of the country. I, I just don't, I don't want that for myself. I get is, it. Is 100%. Like, I don't want that for myself. Yeah, save your money, man. Yeah. Save your money. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit about health. Um, Let's talk about a little bit about politics. We, we could talk a little bit about politics. I want to talk a little bit first about local government management. Go ahead. Yes, okay. Go ahead. Um, cause that, that's my profession. You know, I, I, um, there's always two sides. So there's a political side and then there's the management, management side. And, um, 
you know, I'm more so on the management side. So what do you mean when you say local government management? So that we have a profession. um, My profession is public administration and um, city management is my ultimate goal. Um, It's not a profession that is publicized a lot. Uh, It's not a lot of minorities in the field. I'm trying to help kind of break those barriers down. Uh, But city managers run the day to day. So you have certain cities across the country, like San Antonio has a city manager, Dallas, uh, Stockton has a city manager, um, uh, Phoenix, Las Vegas, you know, Cincinnati. I mean, uh, there's a there's more city managers than there are strong mayors. And a strong mayor would be somebody like uh, Detroit or Chicago where the mayor calls the shots. But a city manager um, is the one that calls the shots in the other cities. So you have the strong mayor or you have a community where you have a strong manager. Um <clears throat> And that's ultimately what I'm aspiring to be as a city manager. So I work for Delta Township right now, which is in the Lansing area, and I'm overseeing their economic development work. So I I just secured Amazon, which is coming to uh, Delta Township. The GM battery plant, I know a lot of people heard about that. That's coming to Delta Township. I worked on that project. Um, I've done a lot in terms of engaging smaller businesses to bring them into the Lansing Mall. Um, you know, so it's it's been a lot of things happening in Delta Township. So with a company like Amazon, what is your role in in helping to bring them to that community? Well, I'm selling them on uh, Delta. I'm selling them on why they would want to come and, and do business in the township. So I'm showing them uh, our our residents. I'm showing them what other businesses are there. I'm sending them uh, different type of tax incentives that they can receive if they come to town. Um, you know, so I'm selling them on why they would want to do business in Delta Township. Okay. And and for me, you know, local government management is all about connecting people and providing exceptional customer service. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about trying to get more minorities into the field. I'm actually speaking. We have a conference. It's called the National Forum for Black Public Administrators. Um, March 30th, so a couple weeks, March 30th through April 2nd in Grand Rapids. And I'm speaking on the Next Generation panel on the 1st of April. So if anybody's in Grand Rapids, you should get, definitely come out and check us out. Man, that's interesting, man. That's, does so, um, Delta Township, do they have a mayor? Uh, we have what's uh, called a supervisor, which is basically the mayor. But um, the day-to-day operations are run by the township manager who's in place. And then there's so many other departments that you can get into, like finance. You know, every town's going to need a finance director. Um, economic development, which is what I do. Um, you're going to have somebody that needs to do IT work, somebody that needs to do parks and recreations work. So there's so many careers that you can get into if you decide to work in local government. And I think that's really what I'm trying to um, emphasize for more people to get into the profession. I definitely think um, we need to be in every facet of government um, and management as well. Um, it was interesting because, you know, Detroit had a city manager for for a moment. Uh, Emergency manager. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Orr, if I'm not mistaken. Um, when Anthony Adams was here, he kind of spoke about that yeah. and was kind of like... Um, I'm the acting mayor and I got to go check with somebody else in order to to do different things or not. And it was uh, some people can see that as a conflict if there is a mayor as well as or emergency uh, city manager. But if the if we are in every position in government, I mean, that's that's something that shouldn't necessarily happen. We should have some sort of influence um, bringing companies to different locations is really really important and when you mention that like i'm selling them on the people here i imagine that 
sell you can let me know if I'm on the right page. That sales pitch could be, you know, we have four high schools here that graduate X amount of kids in working age in a certain amount and our median age and this demographic is thirty four years old and things of that nature. Sure, sure. And then how do you how do you sell a business on why they would want to, or how they would recruit those people? Um, so I used to work in workforce development too before I did economic development. So I understand apprenticeship work. Um, I understand that, you know, on the job training, you know, how do you recruit top talent to do certain jobs? Um, but right now it's, it's a tough market because everybody is either hiring, uh, nobody's really out here looking for work. So everybody's hiring. And if you have a good talent, you're scared to death because they could leave at any moment. Um, so it's just a different workforce. Now, you mentioned working from home, which I'm envious. Um, you know, we don't get a chance really to do that in local government. And I right. think that's where we really fall behind. We're going to lose a lot of talented people because our systems are just outdated. You know, we need to have a way that we can allow people that can work from home to work from home. Because um, we're never doing the pandemic. Um, well, for us personally, I mean, we were kind of hybrid. So, um but because we're providing services to residents, like the residents are are our customers. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's no different than running a business except we're not in it to make a profit. We're in it to just provide services to you. You know, our profit is the tax revenue we get from you. Um, and it's difficult because when your customers come in to see you and they have a complaint about, you know, a water issue or sewer issue, um, trash, trash issue, somebody's got to be there. So um, – I think it's just it, – it's tough for local governments to really adjust to the new way of, of the hybrid world. You know, I'm and I'm seeing that uh, a lot that, like, people – that's the only way the people to stay competitive in certain fields is to offer, like, that work-from-home or hybrid type of option because, you know, with the type of work that I that I do, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in leadership, but I, I don't necessarily need to be – you know, in the office because I'm not client facing. Right. You know, my clients or our customers necessarily call in, you know, their the communications either through phone or through email. So it's not imperative that I'm that I'm there every day. And it's it's a selling point, but for certain jobs, certain industries, you you need the bodies there. And it's more than just, you know, can we recruit them? But retention is like like for the type of work that I do, the the retention is is the the hardest part of my job because if you're not paying number one if you're not offering people something that they want work from home is attractive yeah but beyond just the work from home you know where three years ago people were complaining about people getting 15 16 an hour like my 16 year old daughter is making like 14 an hour at her job i was an adult before i crossed over to that type of money and now like that's that's what she's used to you have to now pay people what they feel that they what, what the workforce demands oh yeah and if, and that 15 dollars ain't what it was when you made 15 dollars. no you know it wasn't. This, this i was i was making 15 dollars living on living in an apartment yeah. like so for the for the 14 15 year old right now making 15 dollars an hour that's the equivalent to our 850 when we was that yeah. age. I mean, you know, I always tell people, um, especially younger folks, uh, you know, because I'm not too far from you guys in terms of age, uh, but I always tell younger folks, like, you know, get as much education as you can. If you don't want to go to college, that's cool. Get a, get into a trade, though. Yeah. You know, have a skill because um, you need it now. I yeah. Mean, you, you need a skill. Be able to do something that people will give you money to do. Yes. 
Absolutely. And so, like, what can you do? What will someone be willing to pay you to do? And it can't be reading out loud or something like. Well, mm-hmm. I guess it could be, <laughs> depending on what, <laughs> depending on what it is. I always remember my high school counselor telling me because I was, you know, I. I, I talk very openly about it. Like I was lost in 12th grade. Like I just wanted to be done with school. You know, I didn't have a plan. I knew I wasn't going to a four year university because my grades, you know, just just didn't didn't balance out for me to go somewhere like Eastern or a state or whatnot. And I just I was I was literally lost. And I remember my my 12th grade counselor telling me he's like, look, the best place for you to be in the next two to three years is in some type of learning environment. You have to get around other people that your age that are learning a tangible skill. You know, even if you don't stay in that field, it will open up doors and possibilities just being around other like-minded individuals and i you know out of high school i went to specs howard uh for broadcasting at at 18 i spent you know i graduated like you know all teenagers do june july well yeah june and i didn't do anything for like six months i just didn't I was just floating and I, you know, my dad had a conversation with me like I was working, but, you know, I'm working at Wendy's and I had some telemarketing job I was doing. And he was like, look, man, either you're going to work full time or you're going to go to school full time or you're going to get out my house. And I just was like, I ain't ready to pay rent yet. I knew these jobs I was working really weren't going to go nowhere. And I just remember going through like a stack of brochures that I that I had at the crib and it didn't have like the GPA requirement like I had no interest in radio or TV but I was like it's school and this seems like something I'm lightweight interested in and I went there but that opened up my eyes to like okay I can do something more than just the regular four-year university route or going to a trade school like I've never I don't I don't really I don't want to work with my hands. You know, I don't want to get dirty to make my money. I was like, okay, this is a way I can still do something skill wise with, with a different set of skills that I don't have to be in school for four years for, I don't have to go through an apprenticeship program. And like, I remember at the time they was telling us like, you know, if you're coming out of, out of school working in radio, like don't expect to make more than like 25 30 grand the first couple years Mm. i was 18 working at wendy's like i had made more than 12 grand so like to me 20 25 30 thousand dollars i was like oh this this is a lot of money like in my mind like that was a lot of money like this is where i need to be at sure yeah no i mean you know uh times have changed for sure um so it's just all about how do you leverage what you know yeah you know how do you leverage what you know to, to get what you want and the younger that you get into something, like you have the opportunity to grow. It's so hard to move backwards and you start having a family and doing what you got to do to take care of them. Now you decide, well, I want to go to school for this and that. The sacrifices, the things that you have to move around, the the money that you still have to make to maintain your lifestyle as well as, you know, learning these new skills or trying to pick up on these new things, it just becomes more difficult the older that you wait to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a question, right? So from from the government management side, um, well, who, who hires you? You know what I mean? The the township manager. Um, and I asked that. Or the so, city manager, yeah. So... So no one votes 
attention. No, so it, there's really, um, and like I said, my profession is not highly uh, publicized. Yeah. Um, but there's two forms of local government. You have the strong mayor form, mm-hmm. and then you have the uh, weak mayor form, or I call it the strong manager form, where the uh, city manager is in charge of the day-to-day operations and the mayor is more so just the figurehead. So, for example, like uh, Farmington Hills or Troy. <laughs> like the United States. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, but, like, we have a lot of suburban communities like Sterling Heights, um, Troy, Farmington Hills, Southfield. Mm-hmm. Um, Novi, Auburn Hills, like they all have city managers. So, so not necessarily managers. larger metropolitan areas. Yeah, larger metropolitan areas too, like San Antonio, Dallas. You know, Dallas has a city manager that makes like $800,000 a year. Um, you know, but he runs the city. Uh, you know, he runs the day-to-day operations. Um, I, so I, I, I guess that would be, um, depending on what side of the coin you is, that, that can cause some tension in communities, right? Well, it, it it can only from the standpoint if the mayor doesn't understand their their role, if the mayor doesn't understand that they're not the one that runs the show. I mean, um, from the people though, right? So no, if the, not people, from the people. If the people want something and they reach out to the mayor, like, no, we don't like this, and the mayor, like, yeah, I ain't really make this decision. Like, I don't know. Do the people understand that? The sure. mayor I'm sure the, the people in those communities have to understand the hierarchy. You should be a little. I would think. I would, <laughs> so, like, if the if Detroit, for example, had a day to day city manager, I'm sure he would be a visible figure here. Where like, who the visible city? Who's the visible manager of this country? So the, the don't, so don't do that. It, don't do that. I'm just saying the president ain't making all the decisions, right? That's 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 starkly different. It is. We're talking local government, bro. <laughs> I'm, local just, government. I'm just saying for you to make the something like, yo, I assume they know. No, most people don't. But but I'm saying like the president has Congress, like the hierarchy is a little bit different. Like if Kwame had if Kwame was the mayor or Mike Duggan is the mayor, if there was Joe Duggan that reported up to Mike and we knew he was I'm sure he would be out on the forefront. Or I'm assuming he would be out on the forefront just a little bit we for people in, to know who long, Joe is. How, how long did we work in Sterling Heights? You ever heard that before? Did you know they had a city manager? Well, we didn't. I didn't live in Sterling Heights, so I was not invested in, in the community. You spent more time there than you spent at your house. Yes, I did, but like I'm, I'm a visitor to Sterling Heights. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a taxpaying citizen of the city. I get it. What I'm saying is. You live in the well. You worked in the community. You shopped in the community. You went to places in the community, and you had no idea how the government was set up, right? So Sterling Heights has a great city manager, by the way. Probably one of the best in Michigan. So Sterling Heights is, but again, I'm not invested great. in this community. Like, why do I? I don't vote here. I don't have a house here. I don't pay city taxes here, and I'm. What we were eighteen, nineteen at that job. Like, I didn't know what was going on in Sterling Heights. You stayed there for how long? You worked there. I worked for Comcast for night for fourteen years. I almost said nineteen. I was eighteen, nineteen. You was an adult. No, I'm saying when I started there, but like I'm not still as an adult. I was a city. I was a Detroit city resident. I'm invested in the community in which I lived in. I didn't care nothing about what was going on in Sterling Heights. I knew the the only. Uh, I guess political figures I knew were like judges I saw in court, but like I don't I don't know who's running the city in Sterling Heights. I couldn't you couldn't tell me who the mayor was during that time that we worked out in Sterling Heights. Well he used to come to the uh, building. What's his name? What was his name? Yo, he has he had this little No, no, don't describe him. Tell me his name. I don't know his name. Okay, because you didn't care neither. 
Like, don't just put it off on me. Like, you weren't invested in that community either. Well, I mean, I wasn't trying to make an argument about that we should be invested. I'm just saying that I don't know that the average person is involved in that. The average person don't vote here in, in the city of Detroit. So, so for instance, where we are right now, Oak Park has a city manager, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, and that's why I'm, you know, this bringing is this important. up because yeah. you know, I mean, it's my profession, and um, we're not as well known. We kind of play, um, you know, a backseat because Shadow we government. don't, we don't. Well, I mean, <laughs> we, you know, we're not here to get <laughs> like I'm not running for office. Like I'm, right, not, you know, we're not trying sure. to get elected. We're really just the public administrators that that make the city. You know, move, um, and and that's what we gain from it is that we're really just in it to uh, provide exceptional customer service. Okay, okay. So you 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 kind of defer to like the day to day operations as a city manager. Give me give me a rundown or a skeleton. You want to be at like, some point. Like right. what what does a typical day look like for a city manager? There's no typical day. Um, so view it as you're the CEO of the city, right? So you're running a business, except your business is the city. So um, eight thirty, you might have a um, staff meeting to talk about the budget. Uh, Ten a.m., you might have to go over to the uh, fire department because there was a, a fire last night. You need to figure out what happened. Um, Eleven o'clock, you might have to go over to the police station because there was a, a shooting that took place uh, uh, the past night. You need to figure out what happened there. Uh, you might need to go in and uh, talk to the, your building department because a new business is coming in town and you need to make sure that the bu- that the building is properly inspected. Uh, you might need to go talk to your economic development person because there's a new project that's coming to town. You might need to talk to your planning department about a particular um, zoning request that's coming. Um, so no one day is alike, but you're constantly moving. And- so they essentially have – so this is – I don't want to sound ignorant, but like I – this – before you said city manager, like, you know, it could have been the, a pit bull working behind a desk. I just didn't know that, you know, you have your hands involved in literally everything. Yes. Like the mayor. Well, like a mayor should in, in the in a different government. But do you mayor. but do you think a mayor is coming out for like it's shootings every day in Detroit? Every day. You don't see Mike Duggan every day at a press conference in regards to a shooting. I mean, the city manager ain't about to go on every shooting either. He got he talking about water prices, water pressure, this, like, everything. So in some certain cities or certain townships or whatever, they have one particular format and they have another format. Uh, one is not, I don't know, I can't really say it was one is better than the other because you would have to live in the same area and experience both to figure out which is quote unquote better than the other um if you had an opportunity clearly we know you want to be there so if you had an opportunity to be a, a mayor of a city or a city manager of another area which would you select city manager that's that's my profession i'm i'm not into politics um you know really i'm a public administrator and uh, like i said i'm a member of icma that's our professional organization the international city slash county management association i'm also a member of the National Forum for Black Public Administrators. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to have a conference. I'll be speaking on one of the panels. Um, in my profession, being the city manager is the highest honor because you get a chance to impact the community at the greatest level. I, I think I would probably go to city manager route myself, personally. Um, I think that this is just me. I think the difference is I'm not an overly... I'm more analytical than I am emotional. Um, so I can make decisions just based on like, look, this just make the best decision because this makes 
the city better X amount of years in the future. And the mayors or the other side have to worry about how everybody feel and how is this going to look. Sure. And, yeah. uh, well, you know, this may not be the best PR move and such yeah. and such, but I know this other decision is the right decision. And like in the city manager position, the reason I would take it is because like, I don't answer to y'all. Yeah. Like I answer to whoever hired me or who hires the city manager, the, uh, the mayor and the council. So they, they hire the city manager. Yeah. So like, I don't kind of answer to y'all. So I'm just going to make the decision that makes the best sense, that makes the most money to make the most resources or whatnot. And I don't have to deal with the emotional side for lack of a better word. I don't know how to, say that but i would go that route personally because i i know that it is like i was hired for a reason i was hired for my vision and i can execute that and i don't really gotta worry about nothing else i'm gonna go here execute and then you'll see that i was right i'm, I'm I, glad that you i'm glad that you brought that up because you know i hear different aspects of the job it's not, it's a, a lot of project management there's a lot of you know the the side of being in the pub dealing with the public and but how does that career pathing sort of look like to become a city manager? Because, you know, I would like to think and, you know, no, no knock to you because you, you my brother, I, I love you. But like at at our age, I think I don't I don't know how I would transition into that next aspect of that field. You know what I'm saying? Well, the, the best way to do it is, um, you know, of course, go to college, get a, bat, a bachelor's degree. Um, but in my profession, they really look for an MPA, so a master's of public administration. Because, again, in a lot of ways, it's like the private sector, except you're running a public organization. Um, but, you know, in fact, we still call it like, you know, if – if I was talking to one of my colleagues, you know, we used to call, talk about the business, you know, like how'd you get into the business? And um, how I got into the business was I started working for uh, the city of Centerline. I was their economic development director. Um, and then from there, you know, I went to Delta Township. But I prior to that, I even worked for the state of Michigan. So I've been in the public administration realm, just al always knew I wanted to be in local government. I saw an opportunity in Centerline. I, I jumped on it. And, you know, once you're in the door, you can kind of maneuver around and um, – yeah, that's what I've been able to do. What gave you the bug to 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 want to do uh, city government? Well, um, you know, both of my parents worked in the public sector, so I mm. had a chance to watch them. I mean, neither one of them um, were city managers, but um, you know, I had a chance to see that they were fulfilled working in the public sector, and I figured if it was good enough for them, it was good enough for me. Um, I've had some really good mentors um, in the public administration and, and the city management world. So I, uh, I said, you know, I, I think I would really enjoy being a city manager and, and listening to uh, to residents and hearing them out and how I can help them. Because, you know, if you're having an issue with your sidewalk or if you're having an issue with your trash or if you're having an issue with your neighbor, I mean, you know, you, you need to come and talk to City Hall. Um, you know, we're your first lines of defense. And I don't think people really realize that, um, you know, local government is so impactful in everything that you do. Yeah, that's dope. You you never, you know, I think you you make a good point that like people don't know where to start with those type of issues and problems. And the only reason I have like any working knowledge, uh, I remember like I had a, a I had an economics class that I took uh, in college. I went to community college and to get extra credit, you know, you had to go down. He gave us like a 
a a Detroit town hall scavenger hunt. And I had to go down to like, you know, city hall and speak to someone in this department and like maneuvering around those areas is where I found, well, no, if waste management ain't, ain't coming to pick up your trash every two weeks and you call them and you don't do, and they don't do anything about it. No, there's somebody down in city hall that you can talk to yeah. about your trash not getting picked up. They didn't miss your bulk day three weeks in a row. You can go down there and talk to somebody and like have a face to face conversation to voice, you know, these, you know, displeasures because the first thing you, you don't know who to call until you're in those type of situations. And by the time you're in them, you know, you're, you're racking your brain on who can I reach out to, to kind of, to kind of make those type of changes. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I wonder how, what's the next move to, so if you live in this Metro Detroit area, um, you listen to a uh, WJLB or whatnot, right? How do I find out who's running for it? Like, if you don't live in Redford, like you're not seeing nothing on television saying that this person is up for this election or or whatnot. Like, I guess we got to get a better. You got to use that thousand dollar computer in your hand and and do some Googles. Yeah, but most people don't. You know what I'm saying? The average, the 73 year old such and such, she ain't. <laughs> No, you know that's who does know. That's who mm. does know. Yes, yeah. us. That is yeah, people in our age range and younger that don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's who does know. Well, man, that's a lot. That's a lot of information, man. And uh, and I don't know that everybody knows about that. And I mean, somebody listening uh, may want they they may want to go down that road or want to encourage their children to go down that road. And that's just another viable option where you can impact your community. Um, in a major way. Absolutely. Yeah. So we I know you said you, you know, you're a busy man and we appreciate your time and your schedule. Before you slide out, uh, is there any social media, any contact information you can leave for people to get in touch with you? You know, if they have questions. I know you're, you're speaking, you know, real soon in the Grand Rapids area. If you can leave us with any info, we appreciate it. Sure. Um, I'm on Instagram. Um, that's like the only social media platform I have. Uh, I can't say I check it all the time, but do uh, send me a request. I'll be happy to connect with anybody. C-F-A-M-A-Y-S-I-N-G. Again, okay. that's C-F-A-M-A-Y-S-I-N-G. Um, also, I'm chairing an event that's taking place next summer called the Soul of Philanthropy. Um, it is a dedication to black giving. It's a dedication to not only black giving in terms of dollars, but community champions, um, those that have given their time, resources, talents. Uh, we've secured dates for June through August of next year. It's going to be at the Detroit Historical Museum. Um, also, we're going to be partnering with different art galleries in the city, uh, partnering with different black-owned businesses in the city. Uh, it's it's going to be a huge event, so more details to come on that. But it's yeah, probably going to be the Yeah, come, come on back. Yeah, once you, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we would love to help and, and champion and get behind that. So. And i like to come. So. The, yeah. the soul of philanthropy, I'm telling you, it's going to be the biggest thing in Detroit. So. All right, we look forward to it. Right. We look forward to it. We appreciate your time, good sir. Appreciate Absolutely. you, brothers. Oh, man. That was a good guess, man. Yeah, yeah. I I never knew what a city manager had never heard that term before an hour ago. Yeah. Um Yeah, man. I think it's dope. I mean, we've you heard the term city manager, but didn't just no clue what it did, what yeah. what the job, what the role encompassed. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty dope, man. I mean, that may be something that the folks want to, you know, people like, "I want to be the mayor, I want to be the governor, I want to Maybe you just want to be a city manager if that's what your township or your community has. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of different roles in city government. Not everybody 
There's only going to be one mayor. Not everybody can be mayor, but you can do something else to impact the community in which you live in. Like to your, so the only only thing, the only other thing is just like, so remember when I was like a couple months, a couple weeks ago, I was like, listen, if DPS has been in control all these years and still not working, maybe you should give it to the state. And the car, it was like, nah, I want someone local that I can, da, da, da. depending on what area that you live in, depending on who your city manager is, you ain't got no say so. I'm going to do what's best and you can't oust me out of office because you ain't elect me. Yeah. I got I got hired. I'm on by, contract or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for the next four years. Yeah. So, I mean, there are always like if you live in an area that has been voting and electing certain people and they say, no, we're about to switch to something. I think that's going to be a hard, a hard sell. But if you grew up in an area that way and this is how it's always been and you love the community that you it live in. It can be a hard sell, but at the end of the day, it's for the benefit of the community. And if you can position. So give it a DPS. Let the state take it over, man. State. <laughs> I mean. I'm we, just going to say state feel white and I don't want. I don't, I don't feel like white people you should You think be. the city managers are black? <laughs> <laughs> Look, this good brother right here. He might have been light skinned, but he was black. This good brother trying to be city manager. Yeah. So I mean, yes, I, I know we are out there, but I don't want to give control over black children to the state. I just don't. It doesn't sit right in my spirit. You think the state is racist? Because it's more than it's more white kids in school than it is black kids. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about my babies and DPS. And when I say my babies, I'm not just talking about my children. I'm talking about the collective of black and brown babies in DPS. And I don't know if the state of Michigan is going to have their best interest at heart. I just don't. Mm. Right. Now I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe the state got got the answer, but I'm not willing DPS, to find out. The people who manage DPS clearly don't have an answer. Just wait till my babies get out of school and no, 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 no. Just no. It's an emotional picky picky right now. It probably is, but I don't have because, enough. Because well, well, he was just saying you on that tip. <laughs> I, I don't have I don't have enough facts to to facts. The matter is, them school them schools get worse and worse every year, and we won't let nobody else have a shot at it. <laughs> not all, not all of them. There's still some great schools in the city. Name them: Renaissance, great. Cast Tech, compared to Cast Tech is a is a world class school, world class compared to. Other schools across the nation. What what do you mean? Well, I'm saying you can look at test scores and stuff, and the 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 best ones that we have in the city of Detroit, not historically, but like currently, sometimes they don't match up. Cass is the launch pad for Black excellence in the city of Detroit. Renaissance High School is one of the best high schools in the city of Detroit. In the state, academic wise, they are. Okay, so. Now, not every child gets that same level of education that Renaissance Cast and even King provide. You know, some of them are getting. Oh, this is this is just pure me talking off the cuff. I possibly think that the education you can get at Cast and and Renaissance and King, which is the top upper echelon in the city of Detroit, may be basic education in other white communities. Like that may be the standard. Maybe what we think is the top of the top that could be the standard. I don't got no numbers. I'm just spitballing, but it's like that'll be fucked up 
if the best that we got is the standard and everybody underneath cast and King and Renaissance, not even getting the standard. I just don't. I mean, that would that would be that detrimental to me. I'll be I'll be honest as as a parent of children in some of these schools. Like, I would hope that my my children get the backup. Well. I don't like want, I just hope that they're just not them. average. I would hope that they are, are still above average institutes of learning. That's, that's, that's my honest hope. I just don't feel, I feel like every child should have, you know, access to, to a quality public education. Like that's, that's the bare minimum that we can give to these babies is just access to a quality public education. And for some reason, we can't manage to do that. The finances are, are done in a way that, it just don't seem like that's getting done. Now, I don't know why it's not getting done. Is it somebody holding back funds or resources? Is it mismanagement of funds and resources? I'm not sure. But um, at some point, we're going to have to have some teachers on from the city of Detroit and have some conversations about it off of the camera. But audio, we won't say your names because, you know, Y'all still got professions and you yeah. got to go to work every day. Because something got to give. It's getting worse. F- more so, America as a whole is getting worse. We like 16th. Our education is like 16th in the country. I mean, in the world. We ain't number one. Compared to how many nations? The rest of them. <laughs> I'm saying like 16 could be still in like the upper tier. I don't, all right, man. All right. I'm just saying. Who knows, man? I just want the best for these bra- for these black and brown babies. But what if the best makes you uncomfortable? It unpacked it a little bit for me. What you mean? So what if the best option for them is not the same way it's been done since the beginning of time? Oh, I, I think that the way teaching or schools have been presented is antiquated. I think it needs a complete scrub down and rehaul and i'm not saying that us in america are doing it the right way like it, shit could be could be hella wrong I, i'm i'm completely open to retooling that i mean return the management of it because niggas been lit learning in the classroom since the beginning of time and america is no different than fucking the uk the motherfuckers is in a classroom and there's a nigga at the front of the board with a chalk like the, the the process is the process you know what i'm saying like learning didn't change right but like something is changing with like the management style or, or the finances or the resources now we're gonna have chuck back on um uh, pretty soon i was watching a a video um in regards to um what's that big fight that everybody having critical race theory right um about i'm gonna send it to you so you can it's about an hour um i sent it to chuck and he said he got a lot to talk about i agree with damn near everything that was in it it was just two white people um talking to a black woman um about critical race theory and the fact that it's not being taught in in elementary schools and middle schools it's a college uh course for law students by the way um but like uh damn i lost my i lost my fucking train of thought uh long story short the way that we handle certain things i don't know that it's right i don't know if it's because we're not teaching it i don't know if it's the mismanagement of funds mismanagement of resources if redlining and different things oh this is what it was why i brought her up so she mentioned that 
the amount of money that your school gets is based on the census data. Right. And taxes, right? But if you live in an area that's been redlined or the, the value of the homes have been uh, run down so much, then the taxes, the money that you get in taxes ain't shit. So by default, I'm not giving money to this particular area uh, because ain't no money. Y'all don't live in an affluent enough area. And her argument was like, school funding shouldn't be about that. You a school, you should get this amount of money. So I don't know, man. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. And I don't got no fucking kids in school. I don't personally have kids in school. I got nephews and nieces in school, but... Uh, but I don't have no kids in DPS right now, so I don't know. You do. Yeah, man. I, I'm not opposed to, to, I'm not opposed to things being retooled or things being managed differently. I just don't know if I want the state to have it. That's all I'm saying. I get it. But you know, what do I, what do I, I've never run a school. I've never run a school district. So, I mean, I'm just a, a concerned parent. So like, you know, maybe I'm not the most qualified to give an opinion on this. I just know I want what's best for my children. Oh, you got to be the most qualified. You're the parent of the kids. You know what I'm saying? So I, how I look at education is is kind of twofold because I have two. I look at both my high school age kids. My daughter thrives in the traditional school setting. You know, going to school every day, moving from class to class. She just liked being in high school. She liked that experience. My my son that's in ninth grade, he don't like that shit. Virtual learning worked out a lot better for him and his learning style because he doesn't like to be confined to the to a chair for eight hours a fucking day. And I think there should be K two K K dash twelve dot com. It's an online. You can he can do uh, online. It is, but I mean, it's it's a harder sell than just me putting my foot down. Like I got to get buy in from his mother as well. Like it's 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 a joint effort, and you know she she feels a little bit differently than than how I feel. She would rather him be in a in a more traditional setting because she feels he needs a different level of structure. But for me, I think he. You know, he thrives better in the online environment or maybe like a hybrid environment for school might work better where maybe he's just in the classroom two days a week and goes to school online for the other three. Like I could see maybe that being a go between, but I don't I haven't found any option with with school that that's going to offer that form as of yet. So, you know, but I'm I'm open to to things being and looking different for these children in order for them to be successful. I'm so that's all I got. Yeah. You got a music pick? I do got a music pick, but it's uh only on YouTube right now. Uh it's the homie Bruiser Wolf. Shout out to the Bruiser Brigade. I've had the opportunity to to kick it at the Bruiser House, which is an experience within itself. But Bruiser Wolf dropped uh, a new video for his new single. It's called Freak. And I love the way Bruiser Wolf raps. Like, like is is real whimsical. Is you know, it's full of it's full of metaphors. But shout out to the homie Bruiser Wolf and Freak. You can throw that in there whenever you get the opportunity.
The mag, I put you in a bag like a poodle, like a poodle. You fuck ugly bitches usual, fubu. Trying to go from dope dilla, dope dilla. I'm trying to go from dope dilla to Coachella, but it's no hope here. No hope here. Can't even trust the church folk here. Church folk here. But them young boys, they stay posted on a blouse on them. Got holes on them, like they wearing polka dots. Yeah. Oh. Made nigga making a killing. Niggas ain't got a clue that the butler did it. The butler did it. Used to move it through the mail. Through the mail. FedEx, UPS, DHL. They say, Woof, your rapping is stupid. <laughs> you should cut back on the lyrics and do jazz music. Uh, I say, I've never been to DC. Been to DC. So if I'm at the White House, I'm talking about my nigga crib that's down the street. Down the street. But I hope these niggas don't squeal. Don't squeal. It's boy in the balloon that's a gender reveal. Right way, left way, which way you going? Which way you going? I'm here for the commas, period. Alright. Um, uh, whose man's is this? Man, somebody sent me some shit earlier today. Kinda irritating me, dog. Charles Pugh's home. I saw that. I was hoping we were gonna talk about that, but I'm glad you brought that up for whose man's is this. I'm gonna let you cook though. Um Charles Pugh, foolish, Reggie Reg. Coco, Shawnee D are getting together and creating a grown folks radio. Online radio station. Yeah. Um, no, nah, I'm not for it. You don't get to you don't get to have sex with children and be welcomed back into the community. Like you don't get to have sex with a 14 year old boy. He was that, that, I'm not making it any better. He was a minor. I'm but seventeen year old is who brung the charges. What he actually went to jail for and that came out later was a fourteen year old boy. Do you feel like after someone does their time no, they should be able- You cannot have sex with a child and be welcomed back into the community. I am completely fine with that. I just wanted your opinion. That's no. all. Some things is not redeemable. And you having sex with children is not redeemable quality. You can't be welcomed back into the community with that. You should be ostracized. I'm not saying physical harm should be done with you, but you you should not be welcomed back into a community. And no, like the reason that you were able to do that because you held a higher social position because you was on radio and television. So you don't come and because home. he was the the city council president for yeah. some time also. Yeah. So you and you don't get to to come. like I was reading through some of the transcripts and what was it like this? No. You cannot be welcomed back into the community with that type of shit. And I don't support it. Whose man's is this? And I'm surprised of who's supporting. A lot of people in Detroit are supporting Charles Pugh, but I'm I'm talking about with this business. I don't know what I'm surprised. I'm not going into a business with a nigga who, who got down this rap sheet. I'm definitely not listening. I understand. Like, at damn, at some point, they always talk about, you know, black folks way too forgiving. Nigga, what our own, too? Nah, I'm straight. Hell no. Hell no. Say it one more time. Yeah, I listened to the video. Oh, shit, let me bring this up. I'll let, my fuck, I'm not even putting this nigga voice on this pod. Talking about, um, we also have to have some tough conversations about where I've been and, and 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 really just making bad decisions. No, my nigga, it's it's sex with a child is not like that's that goes beyond a bad decision. Having 
porn, porn, porn on your fucking computer screen while you interacting with children and and offering people money for sexual children, offering children money for sexual acts. That's not a mistake. That's not a oh, I made a poor decision. No, that's a very calculated decision, my nigga. If you want to live a particular lifestyle, go live that lifestyle with adults. Facts. Who cares what you are? Do that shit with adults. Yeah, we're we're not con we're not condemning, you know like you wanna pay children? Like you have a you have a, 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 a come on man. Come on, man. We canceled Bill Cosby, right? We did. And we canceled R. Kelly, right? We did. I don't get it. But the are do we And these ain't allegations, these is facts. Did we cancel them because they are Larger figures because they're more well known figures. No, if you found out the nigga next door to you was fucking kids, you not fucking with them no more. It's gonna be a lot of foot and feet action, fist and feet action on my man next door. We gotta run him off the block because you're a child predator and you have to register just like Charles Pugh was registered as a child predator. Yeah. So no, we don't we don't fuck with them. Knowingly, but are people so enamored with his celebrity? I guess that anybody listening to that shit. I'm just saying, like being being a local Detroit celebrity has its own amount of perks that come with it. Are people more enamored with who Charles Pugh was that they are more willing to accept him back into the community? Who he was just as a figure wise. My opinion, hell no. And I don't think nobody's going to listen to that shit. We like Foolish. We like Reggie Reg, Shiny D and Coco. We like y'all. I'm not listening to that shit. All of them been in this room. It's that Reggie Reg. Yeah. Nah, I'm not listening to that shit. I get it. If that's your mans, you trying to stand with your mans, whose mans is this? Clearly that's your mans. Nah, can't rock with it. I'm and if you want to rock with a child chomo, can't rock with you either. I'm cool with banging the gavel on that one. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got a line. Man. That's it. Yeah, I'm cool with that one. Um, I think that's pretty much it, though. That's it. Another successful episode of Shop Talk Podcast. It's time for the benediction. I feel like that's just a part of the episode that we say it. Oh, shit. <laughs> that's how we land this. <laughs> You just be better off just putting the music in, Jay. Man, go ahead. Say say <laughs> say your shit, man. <laughs> Look, man, it's your man Dave. Three underscores three one three uh, on IG on I, and on Twitter. This sounds so poor. Uh, look, when you see me, at me, talk to me, I'll talk back. Look, bitch, when you see the blue and the black, you know where you at. It's Shop Talk Podcast yeah. Studio. <laughs> ShopTalkPod.com. Book some time. Yo, another week in the books. Shout out to y'all for fucking with us. Shout out to our guest, uh, Future City Man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Put it out there. Absolutely. We, we got friends in high places. We got friends in high places. Hell yeah. Uh, when you see the blue and the black, you know you at. Shout out to our podcast studio, book some time. I'm not saying we the Rockefeller podcast, but we are Jane Dane. Hell yeah. Jeez. Chills get up, man. It is what it is, nigga. That's not what people know us for, Jason. I can get over it. <laughs> and I'm leaving that in. Pause.